Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Luke's English Podcast. It's time for another one. You know that podcast that you love to listen to with your friends? I don't know if you do listen to it with your friends. It's a podcast. It's not normal to listen to it with others, is it? It's not the radio. It's not 1950 in, uh, in England. Hey, everyone. Gather around the iPod. Gather around the iPod. It's Luke's English Podcast time. Come on, children. Woo. No, that's not the way podcasts work. You're probably on your own. You may be on public transport. Wherever you are, whoever you are, welcome to another episode. And I'm not alone in this one. I'm joined, as you may have already worked out, I'm joined by my friend Peter. Hello, Peter. Hi, Luke. How are you doing, lad? I'm fine, thanks. And it's good to have you in the apartment. Thank you. Because I haven't seen you for how long? Eight years, I think it's been. It's been eight years. Something of that order, yeah. A good long time. Yeah. So, um, you're, you're in Paris for a few days? Uh, for a few days, just for vacation. Okay. I'm seeing the sites, going out to give any, meeting up with my family who are coming over here. That's very nice. It is, yeah. How's, uh, you, you arrived, what, like yesterday morning, right? Um, no, yesterday. Last night. Last night. Yeah. Okay. You spent, spent uh, the evening in a hotel? I did, yeah. So, the flight got in at nine. I just went to a hotel near the airport and like crashed out there then came into town this morning okay so you've you spent the day in paris i have how was it it was fun really enjoyed it yeah yeah like i went for some croissant for me breakfast yeah uh, went to the opera had a quick look around the shops then spent the afternoon at the pompidou center okay looking at crazy modern art that's this is what you do when you come to paris it is you've, yeah. you've ticked a few of the boxes yes croissant Tick. A crazy modern art. Tick. Yep. Boxes checked. Boxes have been checked. Yes. Did you... Uh, did, uh, how, Had how's some wine with my lunch. That's another one. Oh, yeah. Wine at lunchtime. Yep. Another box ticked. Yes. I had wine as well at lunchtime today. Hey, look at us. This is the way you... you Living the dream. Exactly. This is the way you operate in France. When in yes. Rome, you do <laughs> as the Romans do. And when in Paris, you do as the... Englishmen do as, yeah exactly just yes. to drink when when uh, whenever it's socially yes. acceptable and and whenever it's not socially acceptable as exactly, well exactly yeah um all right so my listeners probably are thinking this is all very nice uh this uh, like i'm enjoying this light-hearted banter <laughs> <laughs> but we are <laughs> we are as well yeah I, I hope that you are as well on your bus or train or or sitting on the toilets or, or uh, don't, please don't put that visual into my head. <laughs> okay, um, uh, but you might you know, be thinking two people here sitting on the toilet. I don't need to see any more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we are sitting on the toilet too. We're not really. That's just a. We're just playing with, just messing with your heads because it's podcast land. Just wait till this video. 
exactly. Just wait until the video version of uh, Luke's Into Podcast arrive, and then you'll see the conditions in which the, yes. r- the these episodes are being recorded. But you might be thinking, okay, this is very nice, but uh, tell us more about uh, Peter, Peter Sidel. That's, is, Correct. That's, yeah. People, well done. People pronounce your name wrong sometimes. Yeah, it's not an easy one to pick if you just look at it. Yeah. So I've had Sidel, I've had Siddle, I've had Seidel. Yeah. Uh, I've had Sidelp. You've had Sidelp? Yeah. Why are putting, people putting a P on the end? I have no idea. I have no <laughs> idea how that happened. <laughs> okay. Um, I very often get Sidwell also. Okay. Because people think, well, Sidel must be an error. Let's yes. put a W in there to correct it. Yes. And they're wrong, aren't they? They are. <laughs> okay. Peter Sidel. And so, uh, Pete? 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 Pete or yes. Peter? Um, I always called you Peter. Yes, okay. I was happy with that. We, we're going to stick with that. Um, how do we know each other? About, <laughs> what is it, 13 years ago? Yeah, something like that. Something of that order. God, I've forgotten. This. It was no, two 11, years, 11 years ago, isn't it? What am I talking about? 2003. 2003. Yeah, 11 years ago. Yeah, so 11 years ago, like, I arrived in Japan straight off a plane, um, having moved there to teach English with a one of the bigger language schools there. Mm. Um, I was told where I was living. I hadn't been told who I was living with. When we got to the apartment, like me and the lady from the office who was escorting me found that the key didn't work. Oh, dear. Yeah. Drama. Mild drama. It's not not a disaster, really, is it? (laughs) No, but a little bit of drama. You're like, oh, here's my new home. Yes. I've moved to a new country. It's all different. Oh, God. Uh, Just as long as I can get into the door, I'll be okay. Oh, God, the key doesn't work. This is a disaster. Yes. That's how I would have felt. You're more cool, calm, and collected. Yeah, so it was a a mild inconvenience. So she... She took me to a like curry place around the corner, then abandoned me to wait in McDonald's for my roommate to arrive with the key, like the cavalry. <laughs> and who was your roommate? It was Luke from Luke's w- English Podcast. It was. <laughs> oh. Luke from Luke's English Podcast came and rescued me with his functional key. Yeah, that's right. I remember you were in McDonald's and like someone had sent me a text message. Yes. I think it may have been you, in fact. I think you sent me a text message somehow, no? It wasn't me, because I didn't have a phone then. Someone sent me a message informing me that my new flatmate would be waiting for me in McDonald's. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's like some... Uh, Only that. Your new, You know, Mr. Thompson, your new flatmate has arrived. He shall be waiting for you in the nearest McDonald's. He will be wearing a black T-shirt and dark glasses. Do not acknowledge each other at first. <laughs> yeah. Just go to the counter, order a cheeseburger with no fries. <laughs> and wait to be contacted. <laughs> um, so I saw you there and I thought, well, I wonder who my flatmate is. It's got to be this guy because he's the only English person in the, in the, in the McDonald's. Um, and you were right. It was you, wasn't it? Yeah, you're very perceptive. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like Sherlock Holmes in yes. that way. I can I can use my deductive skills. Um, so yeah, and that's so we basically lived together in this apartment in in Japan for um, it was probably about nine months yeah, or something, something of that order. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, basically we we were flatmates in Japan together. Now we were. My listeners know that I lived in Japan for a couple of years, and so we spent nine about something like nine yeah. months living in the apartment together. Oh, it was a good time. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. What was it? Five oh three, was it? Five oh three Shinmachi G two building. Yes. Uh, Tsujido. 
Tsujido. That's right, which is uh, in Kanagawa Prefecture, in uh, the land of the rising sun. Yeah, yeah, that's about an hour southwest of Tokyo, like on the coast. Yes. Yeah, it's like uh, in, in surfer territory. That's right, Shonan Beach. Yes, it's a pretty chill little surf town. It's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. It's a good place to live in Japan. It is, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's like easy to get into Yokohama and Tokyo, but just a very relaxed place to be and live. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Then after, uh, at the end of 2003, I came back to England, and uh, obviously you stayed. I did. Uh, <laughs> it may have been difficult. You're like, I want to go with Luke. How can we break up this friendship? But uh, you stayed in Japan. Yep. <laughs> and, I, I, um, I managed not to cling, my, cling on to you. Yeah. Didn't know uh, where I was going with that. It was difficult, but, um, yes. you know, we, we made, made, it, made the, the separation work somehow. Anyway, um, so, but you've stayed, you've been in Japan now for, um, well, it's, it's been 11 it years. It has, yes. Okay, and uh, how's it going for you? It's going well. Yeah, good. Yeah, doing well. Like the, I'm doing the same job as I did when I arrived. Yeah, um, but things have changed at the company in a way that is working out better for me. Yeah, and some something I've done that I think is important is that I've I've built a life for myself, other than just being an expat in Japan. Right, right. Yeah, I think I think that can happen sometimes. People get either trapped or like willfully trapped in the expat bubble. And their life consists of hanging out with expats, talking about what it's like being an expat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is it difficult to integrate into Japanese society as a foreigner? It can be, I think. Mm. So, um, yeah. I think it, it requires persistence. Right. Yeah. And I think you, you do need to find a niche. You can't just integrate generally into society. Yeah. yeah you need... a uh, uh, a, a key right like an, an, a niche to get through I see you need like a little yeah. way to yeah. get into yeah, like so society like you know you need some, yeah. some Japanese friends basically yeah, yeah, yeah. or just like some, something that is your thing okay yeah so again like you do need Japanese friends but not Japanese friends who see you as a pet foreigner to practice English with right does that happen sometimes that uh, you can be treated as a pet foreigner I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, after my company went bankrupt, I did a lot of work at like a English cafe in Sejido, mm. and that did rather turn into people bombarding me with questions. So English cafe, yeah. Um, I, I imagine that's a cafe where everyone speaks English. Is that right? Yeah, it's a cafe that employs foreigners and customer like Japanese customers come to practice English. In just a casual setting. I see. And so they, you ended up being just sort of bombarded with questions? Yes. Okay. Yeah, there'd be like me and the customer sat around the table and I was just fielding questions all the time. Really? Well, can you give me an example of the type of questions that they might ask you? Uh, what do you like about Japan? Where have you been in Japan? What kind of food do you like? Okay. I bet you've, you're fed up with those questions now. No? Yep, oh, certainly you am. Yeah, really. I oh, always, yes. I always used to get, "Why did you come here?" Mm-hmm. First of all, and then, "When are you going home?" <laughs> I used to get that all the time. It's like, nice. "Oh, thanks, thanks for making me feel welcome." Yes. Although, to be fair, to, I mean, I don't mean to suggest the Japanese didn't make me feel welcome mm-hmm. because they did. They made me feel very welcome, maybe a little bit too welcome sometimes. Uh, I don't know what that uh, meant. No, that nor do I. I was about to ask about that. <laughs> that was. I don't know why I said that. Too welcome. 
that was just for comic effect. It yes. didn't really mean anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we're all scratching our heads. What do you mean, Luke? Shall we, shall we move on? We can move on. We could dwell on that and explore what <laughs> I meant by being too welcome. But I, you I'm, said you don't know. I, no, I do know. Basically, I'm saying that uh, sometimes I found that my Japanese, uh, uh, you know, Japanese people can be very enthusiastic about meeting foreigners, and it's 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 great. I mean, they're very friendly and they, they're very welcoming, and um, um, the, sometimes um, it it can be. What, what am I trying to say? Yeah, like like yeah, you, you, you if you're in a, in an English cafe situation like the one you talked about, yeah, you might find that some people are just like firing loads of questions at you like tell me um, what you think of Japan and have you eaten natto? Do you like natto? And it's um it's it's, it's great. They're very enthusiastic yes. about meeting foreign people, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. So that makes them very welcoming. Um okay. Right, good. So I I I'd love to know about some of the experiences that you've had living in Japan. Go on. But um, maybe I should just ask you, first of all, where, where you come from. Uh, you're, you're English, right? I am. Yeah, like I was brought up near London, like in a suburb called Hemel Hempstead, mm. about 20 miles north of London. But then I went to university in Manchester, and I stayed in Manchester to live and work after university. Yeah. So, yeah, all, all told... I lived in Manchester for about 18 years. Okay. All right. So, all right, I see. Do you have an accent? I mean, I, I, I'm asking you that because the listeners might be thinking about that. Do you, do, you, do you think you have an accent? I think I have an accent, yeah, but I couldn't quite tell you what it is. It kind of falls between two stools. Yeah. You know, in Manchester, everyone knew I was from the South, um, but people who don't know my background will think I'm from Manchester. Right. Because, you know, coming from London, the Manx, if I can call them that... Yeah. Uh, Again, they, they might not like it. They might not... Okay, so it's slightly... They're not here. Slightly pejorative nickname. There are no Mancunians in the apartment, so I can probably say what I like about them. I, I shouldn't, of course, because they're no. lovely people, basically. There may be a lot listening. There may be some Mancunians listening to this. What's he fucking saying about Manchester <laughs> now? Well, I don't know if there are. Our kid. Yeah, all right, our kid. I, I like your podcast on that, but it's not like... Stop trying to do a Manchester accent. It's not working. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's not bad, Matt. It's not bad, is it? Okay. Aye. All right. Um, yeah. You want to sing Wonderwall? Uh, I'll sing it later on. I might get the ukulele out. I won't. Sweet. I, I won't, really. Um, okay. So, I think, in my opinion, yes, I'd agree with that. And there's a little bit of sort of a sort of London-ish uh, 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 sound to your accent but also living in manchester for 18 years or so has probably given you a slight sort of mancunian accent too but it's not very strong yes i think that the edge i think has been knocked off by living in japan really it was strong up in england yeah but 11 years of like moderating my speech to be more easily understood by non-native speakers Mm. and working with canadians and americans and australians and people from other parts of england it has really rounded off the corners. So you've got a kind of a global standard, sort of, uh, you know, fairly easy to understand accent, I would say. Um, fine, good. We've dealt with the accent thing. Yes. Now tell me about your um, your experiences of living in Japan. I'd like to know, well, I'd like to know everything, please. I just want to, I want you to tell me every single thing. No, you don't have to do that. But um, f- uh, what were your first impressions, actually, when you went there? Did you, uh, what did you think, well, first of all? Yeah. 
First of all, I, I spent quite a lot of time in Fujisawa the first few weeks I was there. Yeah. And like my first impression of Fujisawa like wasn't a good one. Really? Yeah, I thought it was a pretty like grim, unattractive concrete town. Yeah, it's, there's lots of sort of high-rise buildings. Yeah, and lots of high-rises that look that just designed like boxes. Uh, lots of like elevated walkways. Mm. Uh, not much greenery around the station. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Very yeah. concrete. Yes. Um, okay, so that was that was your first impression. Yeah. But um, like in time, like I came to recognise that that was, you know, that that was standard. Mm. It, yeah. it wasn't designed to be an unattractive town. It was designed to be practical and convenient. Yes. So I came to appreciate that side of it. Yeah. Like I can walk across much of the town um, without having to cross roads. There's like underground walkways and markets. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, I appreciate the convenience now. It's a very convenient place, actually, Japan. It is, built, ab- absolutely. Built for convenience. Yes. I mean, for example, there are convenience stores sort of every 200 metres, it seems. There are. So wherever you are, you're never more than 200 metres from a convenience store. Yeah, they're, they're very often next to each other or across the road from each other. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, you, you can never be inconvenienced in, in, in Japan because, yeah, you're surrounded by convenience everywhere. You are. Do you like the convenience stores? I, I don't use them so much, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I personally found them to be pretty, well, pretty convenient. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, that's they're very well named, aren't they? They are. They're appropriately, appropriately, appropriately named. Yes. But I, find that, um, I found that the convenience stores were sort of amazing because you can get anything in these shops. I mean, they, they, they kind of basically serve you... Anything yeah. you need on a daily basis. Yeah. And, and that, you know, all the way down to like a work shirt. Yes. If you haven't ironed a shirt for that day and you're in a rush, you can just pop into the convenience store and buy a nice uh, fresh white shirt. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Like in anything you might need in the moment, you can get there. Like sort of chocolate, snacks, batteries, noodles. Yeah. You could live yeah. on what you find. If if Japan got overrun by zombies, yes. the convenience store would be the first place to go. Although I don't think they sell baseball bats and things, do they? You never know. Nope. I don't know. Um, pens? Chopsticks. Yeah, that might work. They sell work. chopsticks. Okay. So chopsticks through the head will take out a zombie. Yeah, you'd Guaranteed. Need to, you'd need to be pretty good with the chopsticks to use one to take out a zombie, but... Um, uh, yeah, it will work ultimately, yeah. you know. And we foreigners very often get complimented on our chopstick skills. Really? Yes. Are they like, oh, you're very good with chopsticks? As if, yeah, as if, yes. as if you, you, you wouldn't be able to do it in the first place. This is true, yeah. Yeah, okay. So that first impressions were like that, and then you, you, you learned to enjoy the convenience. Um, what, what, what were the uh, difficult things that you've experienced living in Japan? Anything? Uh, the language, you know, the language is a big challenge. Mm. Uh, there's, I don't know how much your listeners know about Japan. There's basically three writing systems. Okay. Uh, like hiragana and katakana are alphabets. They are like just syllabic. Yeah. So ka, ta, ka, na has four syllables. Right. I see. Easy. There's 46, something, in Some, the re- something of that order. Yeah. Something about 46 hiragana symbols. And forty-six katakana yes. symbols, two alphabets, um, and they're phonetic. So they go like, what, how, how do you say the alphabet in Japanese? A i u e o kaki kuke ko sashi su se so. 
and then and like, some more after nani nu no and yeah. all it, basically it's like sort of um, phonetic syllables yes um, and they have two sit two of those um, and then the third one the third one is the big one uh, kanji so right. like pic- pictograms like derived from the chinese characters yeah and there's thousands of them yeah there's thousands of them and the, to be able to read anything remotely proficiently you need to know several hundred of them right and how they interact with each other yeah because they can have different meanings and different pronunciations depends on how they are used together and we thought english and listening to this you may have thought english was a difficult language it's nothing compared to the japanese yep, you're wrong unless you're japanese in which case it's, it's easy it's easier yeah. although the japanese have a difficult time learning the kanji as well don't they i've been hearing this more often like as as younger japanese people use text messages and computers that have like predictive um, kanji guessing functions yeah they're forgetting how to write them and remember them and also i remember that um the school kids that i used to teach they had to you know learn these pages and pages of chinese characters and that you know they would have to study very hard and go to after school classes where they would like you know have to go through and memorize all of these different kanji there's thousands and thousands of them and they're all little pictures you know it's um incredibly complex um, so and, and very impressive when people write in kanji. It's really beautiful to see, isn't it? It is. Yeah, well, you know, it's like calligraphy. It's it's fantastic. Okay, so the, the 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 written language must be very difficult. But can you can you speak? I mean, can you talk to people in Japanese? I can. Okay. Yeah, like I I, I studied reasonably seriously at first. I went to like volunteer classes run by the city hall mm. and like some other classes like after you left. Yeah. So I think really my my speaking is my best suit. Okay. Yeah. Like reading and writing are really held back by my lack of kanji. Okay. Uh, my listening is not so good for lack of vocabulary. Yeah. But when I actually want to communicate something, I can generally get it across. Yeah. If okay. not perfectly. Okay. I expect as well um, in Japan when you meet people, often they will speak to you in English. Is that right? This is true, yes. So you go to a restaurant and you order some food in Japanese, and yeah. what happens? So you say, uh, na, uh, you know, biru o hitotsu onegaishimasu. One beer, okay. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, God, yeah. God's sake, why do I bother trying to speak Japanese? Yes. It's the same in France to an extent. You kind of go in and say, uh, uh, <laughs> Sorry, that's my French impression. <laughs> uh, no, they, obviously people don't all speak like that. But you, you know, make an order in French, and um, then the the waiter will repeat the order back to you in English, yeah. as if to say, "I ad- I appreciate your attempt to speak our language, but don't bother. Uh, I've got this." You yes, know. Um, this is what I've had today. Really? Did you have that all day yeah, today? Um, I mean, I because I, I haven't spoken French for a long, long time. I'm very rusty. And it probably shows. Really? Yeah. So they're like... <laughs> so they, they can pick easily that I'm not a native speaker. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Uh, Especially if I'm starting with, excuse-moi, je ne parle pas français. That's, that's usually a, a good indication that yes. you can't speak. Because uh, that actually means, excuse me, I can't speak French. Help! 
<laughs> they understood perfectly. Yeah. Oh well, it's great. Yeah. yeah. They uh, in France, it's um, I find that it's it, it's very good to start in French. Um, as a general rule, you should start in French, and um, that way the French will then be much more willing to help you. If you start in English then you might find them to be slightly less friendly. But if you make an effort to speak French, then they'll warm to you a lot more. And also, the other key phrase um, in France in any situation is uh, bonjour. And if you say bonjour at the beginning, then you'll be all right, basically. Yeah. I've got that down. Yeah. Yeah, I've got bonjour. Je ne parle pas français. Okay. That's my opener. Okay, you'll probably be all right with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, okay, the language. Did you come across any other difficulties in Japan? I mean, um, for example, let's see. Um, let's see, let's see. I mean, I just found culturally, sometimes I found that it was, maybe it's just my imagination or it's just the, the lack of uh, uh, Japanese that I had. I felt sometimes that the people were on a slightly different wavelength to me. Um, have you noticed that, or um, do you, th after living there for for longer than me, have you realised that that's not really the case? I I really don't remember to be honest. Really, um, what happened with me was um, I, after I quit my job in Manchester, I went travelling for six months mm. around Canada and New Zealand and Australia. Mm. So I was changing cities and towns every two or three days. So, like, adapting to a new place was something I had down. I've never had a problem with that. Okay, so you're, you, you must have, like, very refined sort of cross-cultural skills then, I would say, at this point. Um, yeah. Uh. <laughs> no, that, that was the English-speaking world, but my point there was that, like, going to a new place um, didn't phase me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I could adapt to a new city or, a, like, new climate with no problem yeah yeah good adaptable um all right so um what are your favorite things about living in japan what do you like about it i i can walk home at four o'clock in the morning and feel perfectly safe yeah perfectly it's a very safe place isn't it, it is absolutely have you ever had any trouble have you ever had any any thefts or any crime at all once Okay, once um, in 11 years, that's a very good track record. And it was a tiny one. Um, I, I left my goggles on a table by the jacuzzi at the gym. <laughs> yeah. When I got out the jacuzzi, my goggles were gone. Really? Yeah. Okay. So that might have just been a mistake. Maybe you just lost them. Or it, you mean it, someone may have someone picked them up? Someone may have picked them up by mistake. Right, yeah. Okay. Because generally speaking, yes, crime is very rare. It That's is. That's what everyone says. Yes. Um, and it's so clearly true because you haven't experienced anything. Um, I haven't. Yeah. Do you drive in Japan? I right? don't. Okay. Because uh, that must be a bit difficult, I imagine. Yeah. Driving, I think, is difficult um, partly just because there are so many hoops to jump through before you can. I see. Really? Yeah. Like, I've heard you need to demonstrate, like, that you have somewhere to keep your car. Really? You need yeah. a parking space before yes. you can get a car. Yeah, like a f land is so scarce and houses and apartments without a parking space just have nowhere for a car to be kept. Right, I see. So, they, so they're very careful about making sure there aren't too many cars on the roads. Yes. Um, 
okay that everyone's got a parking space yeah they should do that in paris because um there are actually i think there are more cars than there are parking spaces in this city really yeah mm. you can if you if, for example on a friday night when everyone's finished work you can r- drive around the city all all night looking for a space right. and basically there's there always has to be a certain number of cars driving around sure if all the cars start tried to park it, it just wouldn't work no so it's like totally full it's ridiculous it's full yeah, the city's full. Okay, so if you're thinking of trying, if thinking of parking in my area, <laughs> think again, because uh, I'm going to need that parking space. Yep, I don't it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, all right, fine. So, what about the food? Um, do you eat uh, sushi? I do. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And did you eat it from the beginning? From when I you did. F- all right. Yep. Um, like sushi and sashimi, like the raw fish without rice. Never had a problem with that. Okay, great. Great. Okay, then. Um, Sometimes I like to tease Japanese people. Really? Yeah. Um, They ask me about Japanese food, basically fishing for a compliment. They're like, do you like sushi? And they really want you to go, "Mm, I love sushi. It's the best food in the world. Yes. And what do you actually say? I say, Japanese food is like food from every other country. (laughs) Some of it's good. Some of it's bad. Right. And what they want you to say is, Japanese food is the best food in the world. Yeah. And I will never eat anything. I will never eat chips ever again. Never again. No chips, no beef, no nothing. Only Japanese food is for me. Okay. All right. That's what they like to hear. What do they, what's their response when you say, oh, some of it's good, some of it's horrible? What's their response to that? Um, they ask what I like. Okay. Yeah. And then you say, I like kebabs. Or, uh, mm-hmm. What do you say? Um, well, they're asking about which Japanese food I like. I see. Yeah, so I say okonomiyaki. Right. What's okonomiyaki? Uh, that's it's a pancake. Uh, okay. But it, it's cooked generally. If you go to a proper old style okonomiyaki shop, mm. um, it's cooked on a hot plate at your table, or if you're sitting at the counter. Yeah. So the chef will whip up the batter, and put in like the ingredients that you ask for. Mm. And just cook it there in front of you as you watch. Fantastic. Yeah. It's it's really delicious as well, it's isn't it? It's good. Yeah. It's proper Japanese comfort food. Haven't had okonomiyaki for a long time. Oh, I miss that. There, you, you saw the Japanese restaurants in Paris. I did, yeah. I was going to ask, is there an okonomiyaki place? Yeah, there is actually. Is there now? Yeah. I'm going to have to get myself down there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um... Now, um, you, you've lived in, in Japan for a few years now. So, have you um, worked out the kind of do's and don'ts? Like, um, if, if, if someone was going to Japan and you could give them a few tips, what would you tell them? Are there any, any sort of do's and don'ts about being a foreigner in Japan? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Um. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, obviously, like, you shouldn't... Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, right. yeah. Don't don't punch people in the face when you first meet them. Yeah, um, there's that. That's generally a good rule. Yeah, it took me a while to get the hang of that, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to. You, you know, you're, you're yeah. supposed to take your shoes off and stuff yeah. before you go into people's homes. Yes, um, and uh, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Ah, you've you've got me on the spot here, mate. Um, yeah, I'm just trying know. to think myself yeah. about. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, I've, I've lived there so long that I've completely assimilated the culture yeah. to the extent that I just don't think about it anymore from an outside perspective. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, after after 10 or 11 years, it's just yeah. normal for you. Yeah, so what should foreigners do in Japan? Uh, be, be like me. 
Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah, okay. So wait in line for the trains. Yeah. Um, book everything in advance because everything is busy all the time. Right, right. Um, All, also, be polite. Be polite, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and try not to be too loud. Is that yeah. right? Would you agree that, that uh, on public transport, for example, you shouldn't be too noisy in the train? Is that yeah. fair to say? I'll, yes, that's a good rule of thumb. Okay. Um, and also I, find it, I found in Japan, particularly on the, on the train, on the subway, for example, people are very conscious of, of, uh, of personal space because it's a very crowded city and the trains can be very crowded. So you have to try and make sure that you're not taking up too much room. Yeah. And uh, I noticed um, when foreigners came, like when my friends were visiting or something, that they would sort of seem to take up too much room. Yeah. You know, with the legs uh, relaxed, uh, the legs sticking out into the, into the sure. corridor. And I would always think to myself, oh, well, you better put his leg in because, <laughs> you know, uh, Japanese people are going to need to get past him. Yeah. They're not going to want to step over his leg. That sure. would be awkward. So they've got to keep the leg in. Yeah. Yeah, certainly I, th- I think you're right there. Sort of Japanese people have like a different attitude toward personal space and physical contact. So Yeah. Um, well, the first example that comes to mind is that Japanese people will bow rather than shake hands. Okay. So there's much less actual touching. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would you? Um, uh, when was the last time you actually hugged a Japanese friend? Like embraced a Japanese friend? I've only been there eleven years, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, you know, um, for example, well, when ex- I si- ex- excluding significant others. Um, yeah, like close friends, not not sort of girlfriends uh, or something, but just a close yeah. friend, like a, a, a Japanese friend who you've known for most of the time that you've been living there. And it's like when you see them after not having seen them for a while, you might give the person a hug. Now, um, in England, when you see your mates, it's quite common to like give them a hug and a slap on the back or something like that. It's not unknown. And in other cultures, like in France, they kiss each other's faces yes. all the time. Mm. And like male friends are kissing each other's faces. Yeah. It, in some parts of the country, they do it three times. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's two times. They're yeah. all over each other. Two. Most, one of the most surreal things I've ever seen was at an airport in France. Really? Um, a few years ago, I visited La Rochelle on the Atlantic coast. Uh, my flight back... Um, couldn't leave La Rochelle because it was fog bound so we got diverted to another airport Poitiers Mm -hmm. and at Poitiers airport there was heavy security for some reason so there were like French security guards in like full body armour tooled up with semi-automatic machine guns (laughs) but they still kissed each other on the cheek when they met each other so (laughs) So body armour guns meh meh (laughs) Yeah, that's a pretty strange that sight. Was, I enjoyed that. That was fun. It's like seeing only the, in France. It'd be like if the Terminator met another Terminator. Yes. <laughs> it's great to see you. <laughs> yeah, it's not normally the way. No. You <laughs> <laughs> um, that would have been a different movie. Yes, it would have been. Uh, yeah, it certainly would have been. Um, um, all right. What were we talking about? We were talking about uh, physical contact in yes. Japan. And how generally they, they don't really yeah. do it. And we were, we were also talking about the fact that after having lived there for such a long time, you may not be able to, to identify these differences anymore because it's all become normal for sure. you now. Yeah. Um, do, um, now, 
I, I talk about culture shock sometimes on the podcast, and I know that some people are more susceptible to it than others. And also, I think it's just interesting to compare differences in in values and behaviour in other countries and things like that. Um, and uh, often, people find what what people find more uh, confusing or or at least different is the experience of going back to their home country after being abroad for a long time. Uh, have you visited England since you were in Japan? I have, yeah. And and did you find England to be sort of strange to you to you at all? It it was a weird one, Luke. Um like going back to England, everything was strange and different but somehow familiar. Yeah. Yeah. What were the things that struck you as being strange then about England? Um yeah. Like the, the greenery around London, mm. you know, like, like Tokyo is surrounded by like Chiba, Saitama, Kanagawa. It's very, very urban. Yeah. But you really don't have to go far out of a big city in England to find just fields and countryside. Yeah, it's very green. Yes. And that I, I even in France, which is a green place too, mm-hmm. when I go back to England, I'm like, wow, this place is like lush. Yeah. With green. I mean, London is very uh, urban, but some cities, I was in Bristol at the weekend, yeah. and Bristol itself, even within the city, there's f- it's full of greenery mm-hmm. everywhere. Sure. We get so much rain that it converts into kind of, right. ne- you know, plant life and so on. Yeah. Um, I found when I... Uh, um, after I'd been living in Japan, I came back to England. One of the things I noticed was just the number of um, like different eye colours and hair colours. Right, that might sound really? that might sound strange, mm-hmm. but um, obviously in Japan, um, people are sort of slightly more more homogenous in in appearance. I mean, they do have like hair, different haircuts, and they dye their ha- uh, bleach their hair and things like that. Um, and when you see a Westerner in Japan, it's like an obvious thing. Yeah, we really stand out. Yeah. We are very visible. And what what generally happens when you see another Westerner in, in, in Japan? Um, de- depends on what kind of Westerner it is. Let's um, say, yeah. So like some, some will like make eye contact and give you a little nod or a little smile. Yeah. Like it's like, you're my gaijin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some will try and avoid that they will like look at their mobile phone or look away or turn around really really yes are they sort of embarrassed or shy about seeing another f- uh, uh, westerner really don't know okay I, d- I don't know what the thinking is behind that it's a bit odd though isn't it yeah yeah okay um but it's true when often when you see another foreigner there is that moment of like oh all right yeah oh, another foreigner hello yes um it's like when you're driving if you drive a particular kind of car Let's say if you have a Land Rover yep. driving around, you see another Land Rover driver. It's sort of like you know, all right, all right, mate, beep, yeah, beep, beep, Land yes. Rover Club, all right there. Yeah, it's a bit like that with the foreigners. You see another foreigner, it's like, yeah, hello there, mate, another foreigner. Yeah, all right, mm, you know, enjoying so, Japan. So, so a funny thing recently on Facebook or some such program about yeah. a difference between men and women. So, so like if if two men turn up to a social event wearing like the same shirt. Brothers, <laughs> two women turn up to the same social event in the same blouse or the same dress. Claws out. Yeah, enemies. Enemies. There can be only one. Yes. It's like um, the 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 Highlander in that situation. Yeah. There can be only one. Yeah. Only one dress can exist at this yes. party. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a terrible situation when two women Aye. arrive in the same clothing. So. 
Yeah, okay. So it's a similar thing with foreigners. It's like either yeah. they're like, all right, brothers, or they're like, you know. What? You don't. No, stay out of my space. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But what I found is after, you know, seeing mainly Japanese people for the whole time, except the occasional Westerner, and it would be like, oh, a Westerner. Hey. Yes. Um, going back to England, it's like suddenly, oh, my God, there's so many Westerners here. Yeah, there's foreigners everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I was really struck by the fact that, you know, people have got different colored eyes. Yeah. That sounds really odd. But I just really yeah. noticed, like, blue eyes, green eyes. It's mainly blue and green. I mean, yes. Or, or brown eyes or gray mm-hmm. eyes. You know, I just sort of really noticed that. Yeah. It stuck out for me. Um, yeah, okay. Um, you've traveled around uh, not just in Japan, but in other places in Asia. You're, you're, I have. You travel a lot. Tell me a little bit about traveling. In fact, you gave me a business card uh, just uh, about half an hour ago. I did. Um, and uh, the business card uh, is f- japantravel.com. Yes. And you're a regional partner for the Shizuoka region. I am. Can you tell me a little bit about this website? Yeah, um I started about two and a half years ago just as a writer. That was about half a year after it launched. Yeah, so like Japan Travel is aiming to be like the the go-to website for people who want to find out about things to do and see in Japan. Right, okay. Well, I mean, any information for visitors. Really? Not yeah. only sites, but like transportation, culture, restaurants, places to stay. Right. So if you're going to Japan and you need some info japantravel.com um, it'll tell you everything you need to know yeah so um, yeah they, they have what they call a granular model which basically means there's individual articles written by people in the country about anything yeah yeah so and you've written articles for for the for i Japan have travel um what what have you written about um can you give us an example of uh, something you've written about yeah i've written about like hotels, restaurants, art museums, uh, like natural beauty spots. Yeah, 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 okay. And having travel, I mean, we're friends on Facebook and I often see, you know, your status updates from different parts of Japan and different yes. parts of the world. Very well-traveled person. Um, obviously, Japan is your home these days, but which other parts of uh, that area have you visited? Right. Uh, well, that was one reason I went to Japan. Like I had never been to Asia before and wanted to explore. So, yeah, since I moved to Japan, I've been to South Korea, Thailand and Vietnam, Singapore, Malaysia, Hong Kong, Taiwan, mainland China, and uh, maybe another one or two that I've forgotten. Yeah, you've loads of places. And, of course, all sorts of places in, in the rest of the world, too. Yes. Um, like, you know, Canada, the US, Australia, yeah. Yeah. New Zealand. Yes. Uh, Scandinavia. Yeah. Um, Sweden and Finland I've been to in about a week. I'm going to Norway. Okay, brilliant. Oslo. Yeah. Oslo. Yeah. Fantastic. And and what about sort of Mediterranean Europe? Have you been? To yeah, like I've countries? been to like Italy and Spain and like other parts of France. Okay. And what about, um, have you been to Russia? I haven't. Um, well, you've been to the airport. Yeah. Moscow. Doesn't count. For a very short time. Do you count that as visiting a country? No. Okay. All right. So no, you have to spend a night to count as a visit. And you have to leave the airport. Yeah. Transiting doesn't count. I see. Okay. Um, so tell me a little bit about the sort of um, Southeast Asian area. Um, 
outside of Japan, what are some of your favorite places? Um, yeah. Yeah, like I've been twice now to Kuala Lumpur and like really enjoyed it both times. Mm. I mean, like it helps that I have contacts in the comedy scene there. So they've set me up with like gigs and just people to hang out with, which yeah. is fun. Yeah. But it, it's a fun, lively, energetic city. It's, it's not overburdened with landmark sites, but it has like good shopping and it's just a lot of fun to be in and hang out in. Yeah. Okay. So you did, listeners, you may have just noticed that uh, Peter said the contacts in comedy. And that's right. He's a, not only is he an English teacher, he's also a stand-up comedian. I which, am. Which is not un, uh, uncommon on Luke's <laughs> English podcast. Because understandably... Is it not? Yeah. It's, it's not, actually. Because a right. lot of my friends are uh, either English teachers or stand-up comedians. I see. So um, you're in good company here, Peter, on Luke's Great. English podcast. Um, all right. So you do stand-up in Japan. I do. And now my first thought, and maybe the thought of other people, is isn't that difficult? Because they do, do they understand the jokes? Sometimes. Right. So tell me a little bit about the audiences that you're playing in front of. Um, the audience is pretty much different every time. I mean, like, you never know if it's going to be like, 60-40 or if it's going to be 90% expats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, generally, like, the Japanese people who come depending on the night, generally have enough English and sufficient cultural nows to get much of what is being said. Right. But not always. Okay. So a lot of it kind of goes over their yeah, heads. Yeah, there is sometimes too much of a language gap or culture gap. Right, I see. Do you find that the Japanese audiences respond to certain types of joke or certain types of material or per- certain types of performance? Um, have you noticed that? Yeah, um, there's there's a very small number of Japanese people who are doing stand-up in English. Right. And, yeah, so th- they tend to get a better response from the Japanese audiences. Um, possibly, I think, just because the sense of humour is more similar. Okay. Yeah. Because these Japanese people yeah. sort of understand what, you know, they're on the same wavelength. They as are, th- exactly. As the Japanese yeah. audience. Okay. Um all right, and and um, so, uh, what what kind of stuff do you do? Because obviously, there's different types of stand up. There's people who do very very physical things. There's storytellers. There are the surreal ones, sat- satirical comics, and so on. What kind of uh, stuff do you like to do? I I've gone through a few things. I'm still kind of struggling for a direction, to be honest. Really, really. So I started kind of anecdotal. Um, for a while, I got into like puns and surreal one-liners. Yeah, that's that's that can be a very fruitful direction yes. to go in, but it's yeah. difficult, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like w- when I started on that, it got a very very good response from every audience. Yeah, but I kind of suffered there from the law of diminishing returns. Okay, just because I was having to come up with new jokes all the time. Because it's quite a small scene in Tokyo, and especially with that kind of joke, there's not much point repeating. My listeners, I'm wondering if they are following this. That um, we're talking about the sort of one-liners or puns or sort of single jokes, because often a stand-up performance will involve someone sort of telling stories about themselves, and um, because of the storytelling, it means that they're 
the, the way in which you tell a story or the way in which you talk about a subject can be sort of funny in itself with the yes. attitude of the, the speaker and maybe physical movements and certain, you know, you can you put jokes into it, but it's just the general context which can be, which can inform the, the comedy. But uh, puns and one-liners. Now, what is a pun? Yeah, a pun is like a play on words. Like a word has two meanings and that. So, so the punchline means in the audience's mind there's a change of the intended meaning right okay that was unnecessarily complex wasn't it well often it is unnecessarily complex maybe that's the way uh, yeah that's often how it has to be when you're explaining yeah. these things but uh, i think people are probably getting the idea yeah so it's like a word joke like a yes. simple little word joke yeah, yeah. two double meanings and things I'm, I'm trying now to think of an example but of course, now my mind has gone blank. <laughs> God, of all the times. If you were on stage now and, you know, you just walked yeah. up onto the stage, I'm not going to ask you to do any of your jokes on the podcast because, no, um, no we, we, we don't do that. No, good. You, yeah, don't worry. I'm not asking you to yeah. do material. Um, because a comedian's material is something that is very pre- precious and it's not something he just kind of gives away on a free on a podcast. Um, it's not. It shouldn't be anyway. No. It's something that is saved for for the stage. Yes. Um, but um, there are lots of. I mean, puns um, are not just used in stand up, but also just in general joke telling. You know, there are lots of jokes that everybody knows, which were not written by people in particular probably they're just part of the popular consciousness um uh, in a stand-up performer will write his own jokes it's very important that they're original and he'll write his own jokes which will which he then owns and uses in his performance but there are also loads of jokes that everybody knows we don't know who wrote them no no idea where they come from but most of those jokes uh, rely on double meanings and yes. things like that i mean like some of the classic ones are stuff like um you know, what do you call a deer with no eyes? No idea. Yeah, exactly. No idea. What do you call? Yeah. What do you call it? What do you call a deer with no eyes and no legs? Still no idea, <laughs> etc. Et okay. Now I'm not explaining those uh, because I may have already done it before on the podcast. Do you have any jokes that you uh, tell people sometimes? Damn. Uh, I'm putting you on the spot again. Yeah. I. Sometimes, um, if I'm going into a mixed audience, I'll open with a stupid Japanese pun. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm, I'm going to be speaking English. So, um, very often, there's nights held at like open venues. So, it's not necessarily comedy that the people have come for. They've come for a drink with their friends. Yeah. And found there's a show going on. I see. Yeah. So, sometimes at that kind of show, I'll just open with... Uh, um konbanwa uh, good evening japanese people futonga futonda right <laughs> what does that and that's mean? a fantastic japanese pun okay there may be japanese people listening to this laughing their asses off everyone else is like what, what what's what, that, what that? Yeah. Well, i don't understand that that's fine yeah. I'll, I'll take your word for it yeah i'm sure um, it's very it funny. means the futon has flown i see the futon has flown yeah it's like futon ga the futon Futon da has flown. <laughs> futon ga, futon da is yes. Like, the futon has flown. The futon has flown. But obviously, in Japanese, it's better because the two words sound exactly the same. Yes. Yeah. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's the first time you've heard a Japanese joke on uh, on a podcast, unless, of course, you're Japanese. Let's hope it's not the last. Let's hope so. That's a, that you're raising the bar high for me, there, Peter. I, I don't know if I'm. Yes, able I am. To, 
I'm now, I now have to do a Japanese joke at some point in the future. Sweet. Japanese people, if you're listening to Luke's <laughs> English podcast, help me out here. Send in your Japanese jokes. What's the email address? Uh, well, I prefer people to just leave comments on the website these days. How can they do that? They can just go to teacherluke.co.uk and just find the, the uh, page for this episode. Uh, and then they can leave their comments underneath. I, d- I doubt that I'll get many Japanese jokes, but surprise me, listeners. Surprise me. I'm going to do an episode all about jokes. I've been promising it for about 18 months. <laughs> um, but it's going to come eventually. I'm just letting it um, sort of develop right. in my head. Um, so uh, do you have any other sort of recommended uh, places to go? I'm going to go to Indonesia. Are you indeed? In August. Right. Yeah. Bali, Java. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips? Any, anything I should do? I've not been to either of those places. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, like look, one time I went to Indonesia was just as a side trip yeah. to one of the islands off Singapore. Yeah. But I've not been to like the mainland or Bali. Okay. All right. Well, I'll I'll just work it out for yeah, myself sure. then. Okay. Um, I wanna, one other thing I was going to ask you about is in, in Japan, um, they do have earthquakes. Do you do you how do you feel about the earthquakes? Sometimes you'd just be sitting there in a situation like this, and then suddenly the place starts, the table yeah. starts shaking, and it's like, oh, what's going on? Oh, yeah, it's just the earth sh- shaking. Yeah. It's a bit scary. How do you f- feel about the earthquakes these days? Um, the, the impact of the large one three and a half years ago has more or less worn off me now. <laughs> so I'll be sitting at my computer, and the room starts wobbling, and I think, oh, it's an earthquake. So you were you were in Japan. Um, when was it? March two thousand and ten. Yeah, March two thousand eleven. Two thousand and eleven, yeah. March, yeah. and that's when the 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 big earthquake and the yes. tsunami was terrible. And um, I certainly hope that uh, a lot of people have managed to rebuild all mm. the damaged property and yeah. and so on. Um, but you you experienced the earthquake, did yeah. you? And and tell tell us about it. What happened? That, that was horrendous. Like, I, I was working at the time, mm. so I was like in a room with the students, and like it started shaking, and it just carried on and got stronger and stronger and stronger. What was it like in that room? I mean, what what was moving? I mean, to what extent was the room moving? Uh, like the the build, the whole building was moving. Right. Yeah. Like so like like what swaying or shaking or shaking. Right. Sort of like like that. Okay, and um, which floor were you on? I I was on the second floor. Okay, so you could see things the, the earth yes. moving outside, and um, and and what happened yeah. was did the room get damaged or anything? Um, no, like we we were actually a good long way from the epicenter. Yeah, yeah. So like nothing in the school got damaged, but. Um, there was certainly some damage to other buildings in the town. Right. And this this was like hundreds of kilometers away, but still there were like cracks in buildings and yeah. uh, a couple of people in the next town, Machida, got hit by debris falling off a building. Really? Yeah. And and so what did you do when the room was... Sh- I mean, how long was the room shaking for? Uh, I forget. We actually cleared the building. You left? Yeah, we, we left. Yeah. Um, Probably right. not the smartest thing to do with debris falling off buildings but yeah it's difficult to know what to do yeah. in that scenario i suppose yeah i think we, we weren't really ready for uh anything of that scale yeah because we, we didn't know how much longer it would go on and how much stronger it would get yeah 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 wow it must have been pretty scary yeah. 
Yeah, and then of course you you, you saw all the news reports. We did, yeah. Yeah, okay, all right. Uh, what's the situation there with the Fukushima uh, plant? Do you know? Still not so clever, I understand. Really? There's still like um, radioactive water leaking out. I, I don't think we'll ever know the complete truth mm. yet because um, they won't tell us. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're keeping everyone in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. But certainly there's people still living in temporary housing. There's an exclusion zone around the power station, which uh, people aren't going to be able to go into for years, yeah. maybe decades. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I don't want to end on, on, on this, this note. No. Um, what I should say, oh, I, so after Paris, you're going to Norway? Yeah. Um, first, Holland. Holland. Yeah. So on so today is Wednesday. On Sunday I go and stay in a Den Haag for a few days with a friend who lives there. Yeah. Then the Thursday after I fly to Oslo for a few days. Okay. All right. Great. And then and then back to Japan again. Yes. I see. Um all right. Great. And and this season in summer, I mean you you've got like a rainy season coming up. Um it started early this year inconveniently. Yeah. Like my my flight out of Japan was held up by a massive squall. A squall. Yeah. You're gonna have to tell us what that is. That's a very very sudden, very intense, short rainfall. Okay. Okay, I see. Yeah. And so the Japanese rainy season tends to go on until like mid July. Yes. And then it's summer. Summer has arrived. Yeah. Very humid, isn't it? It is. Very humid. Very sticky. Yeah, I, I I didn't really like it no. myself. Found it a bit too hot. Sure. I mean, for the last few years, I have been timing vacations so as to avoid rainy season. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And and the August sort of heat. Mm-hmm. Have you learnt how to deal with it now? Because I I found it a bit too hot in the first year, and by the right. second year, I'd like learn little special tricks sure. how to keep myself cool. You know, freezing bottles of water uh-huh. and putting them in your bed. Ah, freezing a, freezing a bottle of water and sitting it in front of a fan ah, and yeah. blowing air across the frozen bottle into the room. I don't know if that works or if it's just sort of psychosomatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seemed to be good. So you, you're, right. you don't get like overheated? I, I've, again, I'm, I'm used to it now. Just, yeah. I just make sure I keep hydrated. Yeah, that's the main thing. And that's it. Yeah, 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 okay. All right. And the other cool thing about Japan at this time of year, beach bars. Yep. Yeah, I've seen pictures. The beach bars are going up. They are. Fantastic. Yeah. So do they still have, uh, what was it, Blue Moon? Blue Moon is still there. And what was the other one in in, uh, Hayama? I've no idea. Can't remember. But Blue Moon was like a bar that I used to go to. They had like fire dancers on the beach. Yep. And percussionists. Yep. Yeah, good time. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was also Little Thailand, wasn't there? Oh, I never saw Little Thailand. Did you not? That, no, that was on Kamakura Beach. No, I never. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah we like, like Ryu did the fire dancing shows there. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I used to be in a little group with uh, me and Brett and Nadia. Nadia was a fire dancer. Brett was the saxophonist, mm-hmm. and I played the drum. And we did little. Yeah, performance. Good time. That was good time. Yeah, wasn't I it? think like not three days after I arrived in Japan, you had me down the beach watching a shadow play. Yeah, that's right. We used to do shadow plays on yes. the beach. Oh, good times though. Yeah, wasn't it? That was brilliant. Right. And uh, and sometimes on a clear night, 
you could see Mount Fuji in the distance. Really? Yeah. Hayama Beach. Yeah. Because um, you've got like uh, the Shonan Beach goes all the way round, and then there's Kamakura and a peninsula. Yeah. And then it goes round to, to Hayama Beach. Yes. And because it's sort of across the water from Mount Fuji, essentially, yeah. there's like a bit of water in front between you and the mountain. On a clear night, you can actually see a silhouette of Mount Fuji above the sea. Yeah. It's an incredible thing to see. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, have, I have seen that, you're right, like occasionally. Like if I've been at Hayama in the day, then when the sun is coming down, yeah, we get the silhouette and like the light coming up behind it. Yeah, and, you, and the water beneath the mountain. Yeah. I mean, the Hayama Beach is where the emperor uh, has a summer house. Yeah. It's a really great spot. I mean, it's one of the top spots, I think, in the, in the country. It is, yeah. And yeah, you uh, every now and then you get this magical view mm. of Mount Fuji. Yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. mountain. Yeah, it's just a great place to spend a day. Yeah, yeah, just like have like lunch, relax on the beach. Yeah, then listen to the music, watch the sun go down, and yeah, if you're lucky, catch Fuji with the sunset behind it. Yeah, I think it's probably a good moment to end the podcast yeah. with that image. Yes, um, that's fifty nine minutes. I've got like a built in. I think I've got like a built-in wow, sense of when have. it's one hour. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, Japanese people, they can sleep on the train and wake up exactly for their station. Yeah. You have this. Uh, maybe I've got this, but I also, I have the built-in sense of when it's an hour, but I always seem to go over because I, uh, usually I go, well, that's the end. And then I talk for another 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, sure, I can press stop and just cut you off. You could do, yes. But um, um, I, I'm going to do my little outro thing. Uh, Peter, it's been great to have you on Luke's English Podcast. Oh, it's been fun. Enjoyed it. Do you have anything to say to the people of the world? No. Okay. Um, I'd like to just <laughs> present you with this certificate. Um, it just proves that you you were on the podcast. Grand, thank you. It's not accredited by Cambridge or any other governing body. It's it, it's worthless, basically. But um, don't worry, I'll still keep it. I'll take it home with me. It's going on my wall in Japan. Excellent, excellent. I'm very glad to hear it. Well, again, thanks a lot. Good to see you. Yeah, totally. We're going out to watch football later. We are. We're going to go and watch France because England are d- out, <laughs> down and out. Yeah, and Spain are out. Yeah. Italy are out, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, Italy's out. Yeah, what's going on? Are they really out? Because um, Uruguay mm. may be penalised. Do you know about this? What for? Luis Suarez. Um, what's he done now? Well, according to some media reports and mm-hmm. some photographs and stuff, he bit a f- uh, one of the Italian players on the shoulder. What? He bit one of them. He's a biter. Like, what is he, a vampire or a footballer? Did he not learn his lesson last time? Apparently not. Well, evidently not, no. I think this is the third time he's bitten someone. <laughs> what a clown. I know, yeah. It's like... Um, With all respect to our listeners in Uruguay. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that some of them find it ridiculous as well. Yes. Um, I Hope think there, so. there's a bit of a battle between Euro- uh, papers, newspapers in Uruguay and media in the UK uh-huh. and other <laughs> countries. Because I think some of the papers in Uruguay are defending him. Yeah. And obviously the English press are like, you know, attacking him. Mm-hmm. So that, there's that going on. And it's not completely clear if he je- definitely did it or not. But it seems that most of the, the, the people in the world seem to think that he did bite right. him. So, wow. Well, on that note, um, <laughs> uh, just to remind all the listeners to the podcast, it's not normal to bite people. I think in any culture. 
No. Um, unless it's a cannibal culture. Unless it's some um, tribe somewhere where yes. it's normal to, to feast on each other's flesh. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, just would like to remind you, don't bite people on the shoulder or any other part of the body unless they want you to. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, th- I like to end with We, we should have finished on Mount Fuji, really. <laughs> <laughs> Should have done, but I like to keep you know keep it practical, give people yes. of, uh, useful advice. Yeah, um, go to Hayama Beach if you're in Japan and see the the view of Mount Fuji, and don't bite anyone. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English podcast. All right. Thanks for having me. It's been a good time. All right. Speak to you again soon, everybody. Bye. 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 bye, bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humor and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.